0: i'm mike CEO and co-founder at colstack and before we move to our react native show podcast i have a quick announcement to say that might be something that is interesting to you today i'm looking for the best react native developers to join my team Besides working on high-end software used by millions, we also contribute to open-source projects such as React Native Paper, React Native Testing Library or Repack. And so you will have an opportunity to develop your skills and knowledge within these projects as well as move your own ideas into life by taking part in our R&D program. We are a great team full of React Native crazy people about this technology and we can't wait to share our knowledge and experience with you. And so if this sounds like something exciting, don't wait anymore and join us. It's great to be part of such a team. Check out the link and below and apply. And I'm hoping to see you soon in our ColdStack office or maybe remotely, depending on your location. Bye bye.
1: Hello everyone in React Native Show podcast. Uh, today we are going to try something new uh, than usually. Uh, f- first we have a, <laughs> we have a new host. That is me. I'm Lukas and I will introduce myself and my guests later. Uh, but first let me introduce to introduce you to the new mm, new style of podcast that we uh, thought of uh, can be interesting for you. So, usually we uh, take some subject and we discuss that in detail for 40 minutes or so. Uh, today, we thought we will do something different. We will take a look at the broad spectrum of uh, state of uh, React Native. So, the way I see it, we have two different realms. We have uh, core React Native uh, stuff, which is uh, which are like releases, uh, big companies that are involved, Facebook, Microsoft, um, um, maybe Hermes uh, architecture stuff, stuff like that. In the second part, we will take a look at the community realm. So, um, so the conference that uh, that we uh, held a few weeks ago in Wrocław, in Kolstak. And also some updates about the libraries. Uh, so, yeah, let me introduce myself. I'm Wukash. I'm a software developer, developer uh, working in CallStack. Uh, I joined, I joined CallStack a few months ago. And let me tell you, this is another level of, uh, of company. I'm learning every, uh, something new every day here. And I encourage you to join me, Janek, and Satya in our team. Uh, go to our uh, career page on our Callstack uh, page. Um, yeah, and let's move on to introducing my guest today. Uh, first is Satya. You may know Satya from React Navigation, from our conference, and from uh, previous episodes of React Native Show. Uh, Satya, can you say something more about yourself?
2: yeah hello uh, i'm satya i'm a front-end developer at call stack and i've been working with react native uh, like uh, since react native android has been released and i have been also working on a lot of uh, react native libraries like react navigation react native paper hall and many other libraries like react native tab view yeah so i'm really excited to be in this uh, podcast today and Excited to, to, excited to discuss about the new updates in React Native, because I think it has come a very long way since it first started.
1: Thank you, Satya. Uh, next up is Janek, who is just like me, first time on this show. Yannick. Uh,
3: hello, I'm Jan. Uh, I'm a software developer at Callstack. I joined last year. Uh, and this is uh, the first time that I am doing a podcast, so it's really exciting to be here. Uh, thank you for inviting me.
1: Yeah, sure. I'm excited to have you here because I think we can uh, jump into our first topic. And I think you have to say some. Uh, you have something to say about the new React Native, React Native zero point sixty five.
3: Uh, Sure, so React Native 65 is uh, another uh, upgrade uh, for React Native and it was uh, uh, released last month. Uh, And uh, there are some uh, exciting stuff uh, uh, that I will talk about. Uh, First is um, a new version of Hermes that uh, uh, is uh, bundled with this version. It introduces new uh, garbage collector that is much faster than the previous one. Uh, and uh, also uh, there is now uh, native uh, support for IMTL. So there is no need for polyfills. Uh, so I think many uh, developers in our community will be really happy because it's, uh, it, it will make uh, possible to, to use Hermes in their apps without having to do through uh, any customizations, and I heard that even with uh, polyfills uh, there were some uh, issues.
1: Let me maybe just add something to this new garbage collector. Uh, The name of the garbage collector is Hades, which I guess will stick in with the uh, Greek gods uh, team here, and Hades uh, is a garbage collector that is promised to bring us 30 Uh, a 30-fold decrease in pause time in our application. So, pause time is a time that application is stopped from running by garbage collector so the garbage collector can do its job. And they figured, like uh, creators of Hades figured that they can move some of the work that the garbage collector is doing to another thread, to some background thread, so that the post time is uh, much shorter than it was in like, previous, uh, previous garbage collector that was used in, in Hermes. So yeah. that's that.
3: I think this is really exciting and it's uh, another step uh, for Hermes to uh, become a, a default uh, engine for React Native in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, Moreover, there is also one more exciting stuff uh, to talk about uh, about Hermes is that it now uh, works on M1 Macs. So if you are planning to buy a new Mac or uh, you already have it, but uh, you couldn't use it uh, due to that, now it's possible. And uh, I think um, many developers will Enjoy improved performance both of uh, new Max and uh, Hermes Hermes engine.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think Satya said it uh, some time ago that the new M1 Max should have like similar stickers to Intel Inside, so it should say something like uh, uh, "It runs Hermes," basically. Mm.
2: Yeah. Mm, really
3: yeah. Really exciting times uh, coming.
2: Yeah, I've been I've been holding off on buying this Simon MacBook because there are there are so many issues with everything. Uh yeah, now there is one less issue, so yeah I, I should yeah. buy it soon.
1: I think we should ask our marketing team to uh produce some stickers for us. Yeah. Run, Good idea. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, anything else in this React Native 65 update, Janek?
3: Yes, uh, there are some uh, small updates to accessibility. This is just a continuation of work that uh, Facebook uh, pledged with their GAAD pledge uh, last year, and uh, this is uh, still ongoing. And uh, uh, I think this is mm, such a great uh, project that uh, users uh, and also developers and have an easier uh, time to uh, implement uh, proper uh, accessibility support.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I feel that this field uh, should be looked at more carefully by developers and this this pledge and this work that Facebook uh, has been doing over the past uh, year or so, uh, it's been uh, very important.
3: Yeah, so maybe we should now uh, talk about um, uh, React Native uh, Windows update because it uh, dropped uh, simultaneously with uh, iOS and Android and it also has some uh, nice features. Uh, Do you have anything about it, Safia?
2: Yeah, definitely. There there have been uh, so many new things in React Native Windows recently. Uh, As we know, Microsoft is working on React Native Windows. They use it in their products like Office. So, uh, the very recent thing is now React Native Windows releases simultaneously with iOS and Android. So, we don't have to wait for a React Native Windows update after React Native for iOS and Android has uh, released. Uh, In addition to that, uh, the upgrade helper tool, which allows us to see the difference between the previous version of uh, React Native and new version and upgrade our apps also supports React Native for Windows. So that is uh, one less thing to worry about when upgrading our apps. Then there is uh, also a code push support in React Native Windows. So now we can update our uh, React Native Windows apps remotely.
1: And this feels, this feels actually very natural uh, to have uh, code push in React Native Windows because Code Push is a uh, Microsoft uh, maintained technology, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's uh, part of Microsoft App Center. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, in addition to those things, uh, there is also better documentation and there are more feature parity. Uh, they they are now adding new APIs that, that was missing before, uh, like, for example, Pressable. Uh, It was missing in React Native Windows, but it was there in iOS and Android. Now uh, they have added those APIs to React Native Windows. In addition to that, uh, they have added experimental support for binary distribution of React Native Windows, which means uh, we don't have to compile it from source uh, every time, which will reduce the uh, disk size, uh, reduce the uh, compilation time, and make everything faster and smaller. And in addition to that, we also have improved Hermes support. Hermes can now be integrated with uh, React Native Windows uh, like very easily without having to do anything complex uh, build script uh, setup. And we can also debug and profile Hermes uh, in React Native Windows directly, like we can do for iOS and Android. That's pretty nice that we don't need to like do anything complex to set up Hermes now. Uh, so in addition to helmist there are uh, also two more other things that React Native Windows team has been doing. Uh, there is a Fluent UI, which is a new UI language in Windows 11. And there is now a library for React Native, uh, which, uh, which allows us to implement Fluent UI. So we can use a Fluent UI library to implement native apps for Windows. Uh, in addition to Fluent UI, we also have XML UI controls, uh, which is a common, common way of building UI in Windows. In addition to that, uh, the Microsoft team has been uh, doing a lot of contributions to community libraries and adding React Native Windows support. They have sent pull requests to, for example, React Native Video, React Navigation, React Native Screens, and many other libraries adding Windows support. So we can use those libraries libraries seamlessly when we're using the .NET Windows.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's a great uh, thing for them to do because, like, probably previously we had to if we have a multi-platform project, we have to use two different library, uh, two different navigation libraries, which is not ideal. But right now we can use just one for every platform that we want to run.
2: Yeah, definitely that's. That's awesome because uh, yeah earlier like uh, we had to create separate components for .dot uh, windows .dot native for Windows and other things.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, another thing that I want to add to this topic is that uh, there is like a separate, maybe not separate, but on React Native uh, the library directory there are 70 dedicated libraries for React Native Windows. So, if you are playing around with React Native Windows, uh, you should definitely check them out. Uh, Khaled from, from Microsoft, that was on our conference, mentioned that uh, there are many, many, many uh, libraries that are directed to React Native Windows. Uh, I think that's that wraps it up. So. Let's move to our next topic from uh, Core React Native updates, and our next topic next topic is React Native blog blitz, uh, and I named this section that because we had four different uh, blog posts from Facebook from React Native uh, team uh, since the drop since since they dropped uh, React Native v sixty five, and this is unprecedented because. In this year, we have nine posts and five of them were released like in a um, in a month. And a year ago, in 2020, we had only four blog posts in a whole year. So I think that shows that Facebook and React Native team uh, is taking developer communication very seriously right now. And actually, this is also something that they stressed in, in some of the things that they're saying in the blog posts so uh i'm not going to read out loud the blog posts uh, i think you sh- you can uh, go there and read it for yourself but let's just um, quickly recap the titles so the titles are react native in h2 react natives many platform vision react native is hiring managers to expand beyond mobile and preparing your app for ios 15 and android 12 and I think we should start from, from the end because it's going to uh, play nicely with, with our uh, episode structure. So preparing your app for iOS 15 and Android 12. Uh, do any of you have something to say about this topic?
3: Yeah, I think this is the first time that uh, React Native uh, team published such uh, an article, uh, and it's, I think it's a really good idea. Uh, because it uh, allows developers to prepare uh, for uh, changes that uh, come up with new uh, OS versions and uh, it makes uh, their work easier. And uh, thankfully, from what I uh, read, uh, these changes are not really big, but uh, uh, it's good to know uh, beforehand and not have any uh, surprises or and have to look uh, uh, around the internet uh, uh w- what might have uh, been broken
1: yeah definitely like those uh, iOS 15 and Android 12 versions are not even uh they don't even have a release date yet uh, at the time we record this so this is a um, a great thing from React Native team that they uh they allow us to prepare our application for the upcoming uh, OS releases Mm, Yeah, and I think that's it. Uh, Let's move forward to two other blog posts which are related to multi-platform nature of React Native. And those are React Native's many-platform vision, and React Native is hiring managers to expand beyond mobile. So in those two posts, uh, I think we can see the push from React Native team to uh, unify platforms. Uh, so basically, we have we had we have had those platforms for some time now. We have React Native Web, uh, we have like React Native VR, which was I think before it was called React Native Three Sixty. Um, right now we have Microsoft with big push uh, with React Native Windows and React Native macOS. So this just shows that uh, React Native team. Mm, wants to implement implement those platforms in a like unified way but at the same time still uh, embrace like different requirements and different constraints on each of them
2: i'm also excited about this uh, multi platform uh, initiative and all of this uh, move towards multi platform support because i think it's is going to improve the DX and also user experience a lot because right now a lot of apps are using Electron to implement multi-platform apps, but now there is React Native, so we can we can have native UI, super fast uh, and uh, energy efficient UI, and we don't need to deal with uh, heavy Electron-based apps uh, if if this is a success.
3: Yes, yeah. uh, when uh, I will sometimes uh, go through Twitter, uh, I uh, found some uh, really n- n- interesting tweets that compare uh, performance of Electron apps and React Native apps and uh, how uh, much of an improvement it is. Uh, I think we will link it uh, in the description down below, so if you are interested, interested in it, uh, check it out.
1: Yeah, and uh One other point in the same area uh, is that uh, Facebook is rewriting their messenger app, messenger desktop apps for macOS and for Windows from Electron to React Native Windows and React Native macOS. And they shared that the performance increase is very significant and like memory requirements uh, dropped down so Yeah, so I I think it's huge. Uh, Electron was a good thing for a while, but right now we can finally move on to develop native application for desktop.
3: Yeah, I think because uh, um, React Native embraces uh, platform constraints, uh, it it makes it easier for users and also developers uh, to make the uh experience consistent with the whole uh, uh, system and uh, because there are always uh, d- differences between iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, uh, it, it makes it uh, uh, so much better than uh, the Electron app that uh, often uh, could look uh, out of place.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, Many Platforms Vision. And now we are moving to the biggest of them all, which is React Native in H2. So in the introduction to this blog post, um, Facebook team is um, is sharing with us their like development cycle, and they are working in halves of a year. So in the first half of this year, they were preparing something, uh, something really cool that we will share with you in a while, but in the second half of this year, they want to bring all of that to the community. So so basically, H2 is a bunch of promises to developers. I encourage you to go there and read all of them so so you can check uh, in H1 of 2022 if those promises were fulfilled. Uh, But one of those is uh, increasing community Mm, community engagement and uh community communication so that's why i think we see those posts that uh new oss are coming be aware something is changing and there are going to release some uh some new documentation about new architecture that like it is it exists in react native uh, master branch right now and it has been for over a year probably, uh, but like everyday developers like me and Yannick probably, we don't know how to use it yet. We need some documentation, we need some uh, hard data to uh, base our development work on. So they are uh, going to release it in H2. So. I think we should move to like the new architecture, because it is very much connected with the new architecture. And maybe a quick recap of what is this new architecture that, let me remind you, this was announced like three years ago, and we still don't see any documentation about it. So, Satya, can you share few sentences about what it is and how it will improve our lives?
2: Yeah, uh, definitely. So the new architecture uh, has like three different things called JSI, Fabric and Turbo Modules. JSI is basically a JavaScript interface, which allows us synchronous access between the JavaScript engine and native code. So we can share objects and different kind of data directly between uh, the JavaScript engine and native code. Uh, before that, I mean, currently we have a bridge. So whenever we want to share data, it needs to be converted to JSON and passed through the bridge. So now the bridge will be gone and there will be only a JSI. So there will be no extra overhead. Everything will be much faster and we'll have synchronous access instead of uh, everything being asynchronous. So JSI is the base of fabric and turbo modules. Turbo modules are native modules uh, which use JSI and Facebook, uh, Facebook also has a library called React Native Code which allows us to generate native bindings for these turbo modules using TypeScript or flow definitions. Similarly, Fabric is uh, the implement- implementation of native components using JSI. So it allows us to update components synchronously and uh, receive uh, updates from those components synchronously. This is going to improve uh, the UI responsiveness a lot and overall make everything faster and smoother.
1: Yeah, Yeah. great. Uh, So just to add something here, I think this uh, GSI is already used in some libraries. Am I correct?
2: Yeah, uh, there are a couple of libraries already. One one of the biggest library using JSI is React Native reanimated. In version one, they had a complete DSL for writing animations, but now in reanimated two, we can write plain JavaScript and that uses JSI to directly share uh, data between JavaScript and native code. So we have like very declarative and uh, full control of animations, which is awesome. And in addition to reanimated, there are also two other libraries called React Native MMKV, which is a storage library, uh, which allows us to store data super fast using JSI. And in addition to that, there is another library called React Native Vision Camera. It's a camera uh, processor, so you can write frame processors to process your camera frames, and it's also using JSI, so it's completely synchronous, and you can write 60 FPS a transformation using JSI, so you can implement filters or anything you want. So, yeah, yeah,
1: so uh, like the vision camera stuff we had on our conference, so we will link uh, all that knowledge, and like the mm, the new architecture announcements. Were also happening on some of our conferences from few years ago, so I think we'll link that below as well. Uh, so, what went maybe not wrong, maybe not what went wrong, but why did we have to wait so much time? Uh, and w- we don't see it yet. Like I, I haven't seen uh, a re- documentation about it yet. Uh, Yeah, Yannick, can can you please help yourself with this?
3: Yeah. So uh, Joshua uh, presented a a deep dive into um, process that uh, went into uh, introducing new architecture uh, to React Native, and uh, they at first they thought that it will take uh, only six months, but uh, uh then they quickly uh, f- find out uh, that uh, uh, it's not uh, such an easy task. So de- they decided to do it uh, internally first in their uh, Facebook application. Uh, and they were uh, testing and uh, uh, checking if there are no regression bugs uh, uh, and um, slowdowns. Uh, and any crashes f- for users uh, uh, and uh, the, because they have uh, over 1,000 surfaces, it was quite a uh, process but uh, thanks to that they were able to uh, catch a lot of uh, edge cases uh, and now uh, they announced that uh, this pro- process is finally complete. Mm, so.
1: Yeah and I guess I guess it's a great thing that we have this two huge like one of the biggest companies in the world behind our framework uh Microsoft and Facebook so that we know that uh, like Facebook is uh running master branch of react native they they aren't running the Uh, 0.60-something, as we do, they run master. So every time something is merged to master, they test it on all of uh, their users, basically. So uh, over the last year, they were implementing um, GSI in their, like uh, Yannick said, uh, over 1,000 surfaces. And the way they did it is they had actually to. Mm, maintain both approaches as this, at the same time, so old architecture and new architecture, and they were running A-B tests on users to see uh, how much the new implementation helped, if it worked, or what is there, uh, what else is there to fix, uh, so that when they finally release it, we know that it's been tested already, so we are not... Uh, we are not testing it on our user, it is already tested. So we know that it is uh, something that will work.
3: Yeah, and just to add uh, another point, uh, the new architecture is written in C++, and compared to the previous one, uh, there is only a single implementation, uh, while uh, currently uh, each platform uh, has to have their own is, uh, implementation, which uh, uh, I- increases uh, chance of uh, having platform-specific bugs, uh, it also requires a lot more maintenance, and it uh, is harder to introduce new platforms uh, I- in this manner. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, as we talked about the many visions platform, this will uh, really accelerate uh, the overall uh, adoption.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to playing around with the new architecture. And I know that there are some um, so information about it already in the internet, but I'm looking forward to uh, seeing uh, the proper one from React Native team.
3: Yeah, official documentations and, and uh, tutorials will be really welcome, uh, Yeah. I think.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, and that was the promise in in H2 from uh, React Native team, so uh, keep it up, guys. Like, I want to see it. (laughs) Please, please bring it to me. Uh, Okay, I think that is uh, is a wrap on our first section in this episode. The first section was Core React Native uh, Updates. And now we are moving to our second section, which is React Native Community Updates. So in this section, We'll uh, take a look what is happening. What is happening in the community? So let me start with saying that last month, like in the beginning of this month, uh, first of September, first uh, second of September, well, we had a React Native EU conference. That was a fifth one. Uh, we held it online. Uh, unfortunately, hopefully in the next year, we can we can meet in person. But let me share you just some stats, uh, s- stats of it. Uh, almost 10,000 people registered. So we are really happy uh, to see this kind of um, participation from all of you. Uh, and the participants were from more than 140 countries. So I'm not sure how many countries there are, but that seems like a lot. So, so thank you very much for for confidence and for uh, for trusting us. Uh, we had two days, fifteen hours of talks, and all of them will be available on our YouTube channel, Callstack Engineers. So either it is available right now or it will be in the future. So, uh, so you can catch up on those and and let us know what you think. Uh, we had. 23 talks and 24 speakers. Uh, one talk was conducted by uh, two speakers at once. And in the peak moment, we had uh, more than a thousand people watching uh, at the same time. So so that's great. Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, Satya, Janek, What was your takeaway from this conference? What talk did you like the most? Uh, Did something surprise you? Uh,
2: There are uh, a lot of great talks, but uh, the talk I was most most interested in was the talk about JSI because there have been so little information about JSI. Um, Yeah, same here. Same here. It was really nice to see how how it's actually working, how, how it is implemented. And uh, seeing how the Vision Camera Library works. Yeah.
3: yeah. I really like the introduction and deep dive into how the new architecture was uh, uh, implemented and uh, at what stage uh, we are and when we can expect it. Uh, and also, I really like the presentation from our friend uh, Zamotane uh, about Repack, uh, which I will talk about uh, in a minute.
1: So yeah, I like I agree with you guys, uh, Satya Janek, Those two talks that you mentioned and Zamotanis one w- were like exceptional. They were on really high level, and I'm I will add just one more to this bunch, which is Khalif uh, from Microsoft, who were talking, uh, who was talking about. Uh, um, Bringing React Native Windows and React Native Mac OS to a w- wider audience and uh, the challenges that they have with it, and how the React Native is working in Microsoft, in Office, in like PowerPoint, Word, uh, etc. But uh, and those were great. I'm really satisfied that I watched it live and uh, I saw the discussion on Discord at the same time, so that we can uh, have even even deeper understanding because speakers were mm, answering question live uh, so i encourage everyone of of you listeners to join us on discord next time we have a conference uh, join us right now we we uh we communicate on discord all of the time but one other talk that i want to mention which which was very surprising for me was uh, milita uh and she was talking about coming to the react native for the first time and i was watching the conference with few of my friends in our uh, callstack office and we are all power users so this wasn't new to us this was like um mm, this was something that we know but in the discord channel when when those when this talk was conducted people were really excited and uh, i think that we should have this understanding that our uh, technology that we use react native is not uh, is not that well known probably um, outside our bubble so we really li- we, we really need uh, those kind of introduction talks as well uh, to bring more developers in and to bring more more faces uh, and heads to uh, to our development cycle. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that's that wraps our React Native EU summary. Mm, if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and see it again. Uh, and see it for the first time or see it again. Mm, let's jump to libraries. And we are fortunate enough that we have Satya with us. Satya, can you talk about your navigation library?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, so, we recently released React Navigation 6, and it's an incremental update over React Navigation 5. Uh, the highlights of this release are a lot of polish, uh, simplifying a lot of APIs, but also new features like transparent model and uh, group, and there are also a lot of small changes. You can check our blog post where I go in detail about all of the changes. Another big change in this release was also native stack. Which is from Software Mansion, uh, who made React Native screens, and we made Native Stack the default way to set up uh, navigation in a React Native React Native app. So now, when you set uh, React Navigation from the scratch, it is a fully native navigation, which is going to give a much better performance and much better uh, user experience.
1: And like you said in our first section, the Microsoft is. Uh is helping you with implementing this stuff for React Native Windows as well, right?
2: Yeah. Right. So, React Navigation already runs on React Native Windows. Uh, it doesn't have, like, complete feature parity, but it already runs, so yeah. it keeps improving.
1: That's great. So, you can learn more about React Navigation from our blog post, from Satya, uh, Satya's presence on our React Native EU conference, and from his uh, React Native show from a few months ago. Uh, another library worth mentioning that is also created here at, at Callstack is called Repack, and it's actually created by my friend from Team uh, Zamotane. And I'll ask Janek to to give us a quick overview of uh, what it is. And yeah, please, yeah Sure, sure.
3: So Repack is uh, an alternative uh, bundler for React Native. The default one is Metro, uh, and Repack uh, uses uh, Webpack under the hood. Uh, it is a successor to Hall. Um, it improves uh, on it by allowing users to uh, specify the, their own config, and there is no need uh, for uh, library maintainers to uh, add new features because it's uh, transparent for uh, for uh, them. Uh, so uh, well, one of the interesting feature is uh, it allows uh, to create uh, uh, app developers, multiple bundles uh, uh, for their app. And this is something uh, new for uh, React Native uh, developers, but, it is something that is very well known in the web world. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, just a quick disclaimer. I played with it for the first time just last night, and I can I I can share some thoughts. Uh, I'm not a, mm, a Webpack user by default. I used it a couple of times, but I. I don't feel like I know everything uh, about Webpack. But let me tell you, the setup of it was pretty simple. This uh, The it, the steps uh, required are, are well described. Uh, you basically have to like add Webpack config and add some lines to your React Native config, uh, then change two files, one for Android and one for iOS, and you are ready to go. And then when you're ready to go, you start your bundler and you don't see Metro, you see see Webpack, which is quite funny uh, because I'm used to seeing Webpack only in web projects. Uh, But yeah, so Webpack is a bit slower uh, than Metro when bundling, but it's much more configurable. So yesterday I created two separate apps with the same code inside with um, dynamic import of one component. And this one component that was dynamically imported, uh, I made it 20 megabytes. Uh, I just copied some Lorem Ipsum in there uh, several times, several thousand times, and it had 20 megabytes. So I can assure you that the startup time of uh, Repack prepared React Native application was... uh, was much shorter than startup time of uh, of pure React Native application bundled with Metro. So this is my first-hand experience, I, I encourage you to go there and, and check it out. It is very simple to set up and uh, new features are coming, but you can already use it uh, in your projects to, mm, to have some benefits from the code splitting and from faster startup times. We just told you, our dear listeners, about the two libraries that people from Colstack uh, are maintaining, and uh, I think this is a good time to remind you that you could uh, collaborate with us. Uh, we encourage you again to go to our careers perch and, uh, and join us here in Colstack, or you can also help us maintaining our libraries. So, uh, Satya, actually, you are maintaining a huge library. Do you want to add something to this uh, call for maintainers?
2: Well, I will sponsor, uh, send for requests, uh, and most important part is go to the issue tracker and uh, reply to issues because that helps a lot when uh, you can help other people in the community because the maintainers don't always have time to do that. So that is the most important contribution, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And like, don't get discouraged and think, oh, I don't know enough to to create a PR to some project. Just last night when I started working with uh, Repack, I found a bug in a readme page and I created a, <laughs> I created a small PR, uh, just fixing two links, which is also uh, which is also a contribution. So I'm happy to say that I'm a contribut- contributor to Repack now. Yeah, so uh, our last item on the list in our second section, uh, React Native Community Updates is Expo 42. And uh, Satya, I know that you are close with this technology, so maybe you can uh, share some updates with us.
2: Yeah, I think like it's uh, pretty cool. Uh, when you go to the react native website the first way you start learning react native is using expo so uh, there have been a lot of limitations in expo before but recently they have done a lot of things to remove those limitations for example there is something called uh, expo dev client where you can integrate a native code custom native code which you could not do before uh, they have added something called Expo Config plugins, which allow it, allow you to integrate uh, things like payment systems or like a, any kind of native code you might imagine, which uh, which improves the like usability of Expo a lot because it no longer limits you from what you can do. Uh, the another thing is EAS Build, uh, which is uh, still in beta as far as I know. You can use, it's a service that you can use to build your React Native apps and Expo apps on Expo's cloud. So you don't even need a MacBook or like a, a set up the development environment to do it, which is pretty cool, I think, because um, setting up the development e- environment is always uh, so much work.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. When you start working on some technology, uh it's it's very important that uh, it's very easy for you to get in and try it out and uh, and see how it goes without uh, jumping through hoops uh, with like environment setup.
2: Yeah, and another cool thing I like about EAS is not only build you you can also submit your apps directly to App Store from a com- from the command line. It just asks you a few things and it it does everything for you. It's like really simple to
1: use yeah okay. that, that is all thank you thank you very much janek thank you very much satya uh, that was our last subject for today so let's wrap this up uh thank you uh f- listeners for listening to us uh, for this long uh i hope you liked this episode uh give us a thumbs up if you did uh let us know what you liked about it and what you didn't and we'll try to uh bring more updates from Core React Native and from community uh, to you as soon as possible. Uh, thanks again, and see you next time.
3: Yeah, thank you for inviting me, and see you next time. Bye. Yeah, bye.